Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. It's Friday, February 2nd, 2024, episode number 253 is here. Thank you to Haley for that awesome introduction, and happy Groundhog's Day to all, especially my Aunt Penny, because today is her birthday. Does that mean she's the groundhog? Nah, she's just my favorite Aunt Penny. Anyway, Penny was a flat tracker too. She was very fast. I know she had a pink Yamaha was the last bike I remember her riding and racing, but uh, she actually still is a rider now. She just rides on the street only. But uh, anyways, when I was little, I spent a lot of time with my Aunt Penny. She was my godmother, and she's not that much older than me, and I do remember standing in her car right beside her. She had a bench seat in her Plymouth Duster that was painted orange, black, black, and orange. It was painted four different colors uh, to match the colors of her school. I think it was Washington High School up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but I remember standing right beside her, and we'd lean into the corners, and she would put her arm around me when we turned the other direction, so lots of good memories, and uh, still make memories with my Aunt Penny whenever I see her. She is uh, one of a kind, that's for sure, and a special happy birthday to her. 34 days to the AFT season opener at Daytona International Speedway. That is coming up quick, and I did some research thanks to AMANationalNumber.com, Donnie LaRue. 21 riders have held national number 34. Currently, it's Cam Smith. He has had it from 2022 until right now. Jeremy DeRider, who runs the Grand National Hooligan Championship Series, he had it from 2007 to 2016. That's a pretty long stretch. Josh Butler had it before him from 05 and 06. Actually, Roger Lee Hayden had it for one year back in 2002. Uh, a friend of mine that I used to race against, Mark Gifford, had had national number 34 in 1998 and 1999. I think Giff used to always uh, get his national number either uh, at Peoria at the TT or I think he did good up at Sturgis or somewhere else. He did really well and, and carried that national number 34. And I think he had another num national number too, if I'm not mistaken. John Wincewich, who is actually one of the members of the class of 79 now back on track, he had number 34 from 1992 to 1997. Uh, a, a cool name I used to like uh, you know, reading about and, and watching was Wink Friedis. He had the number uh, 34 from 1987-1988. Wes Cooley, who is known as a road racer, but he had uh, a national number 34 from 1978 to 1982. In the record book, he is listed having three wins, uh, but looking through there, they're all road race wins, but he still had a national number. And Daryl Hurst was probably the other big name that had number 34 from 1973 to 1977. Again, thank you so much. Donnie LaRue, amanationalnumber.com. Let's switch gears and in the news this week, not much really going on. I did see an announcement that Dalton Gauthier isn't planning on running the entire season unless he finds some funding. So I guess if you want to sponsor Dalton Gauthier, uh, reach out to him. He definitely will be racing the first two rounds at Daytona and round number three at Sonoya, Georgia. That's pretty close to home. Uh, Dalton lives in Pensacola, Florida over there by Rob McClendon. If you want to pick somebody to do good at one of those first three races, I think you got to put some money on Dalton Gauthier, number 79. He does good at the Daytona Short Track. I think uh, Sonoya will be right up his alley as well. So um, maybe they'll find some funding to keep the rest of the season going. And on that note, Chad Coase just yesterday put out a post where people can actually pay him 
to go to each race. And he's also right now planning on doing the, doing the first three races, you know, the two Daytona races and the snowy short track. Uh, Chad does live in Florida now, so that kind of makes sense. But, you know, I think that's just showing how tough the times are. You know, when, when the factory Red Bull team pulls out, uh, Turner's down to just two riders and, you know, they'll be kind of basing out of a van now instead of the big rigs. Estenson's down to two riders. Vance and Hines Harley pulled out a couple years ago. It shows you how tough the times are and how hard it is to get sponsors. So it puts some of these smaller teams in a bind. And, and I know these two aren't the only ones that are having troubles, you know, getting sponsors. So good luck to Dalton Gautier and Chad Coast. Those were the two riders that were in the news. I started this last week, and I kind of like it. It's uh, I'm going to call it the stat of the day or the stat of the week. Haven't decided what I'm going to call it just yet, but this one is actually from Burt Sumner's website, the DairylandClassic.com, and I, I kind of scroll through there from time to time, just you know, looking at the history of our sport because I, you know you guys know that I'm obsessed with this sport, but mostly I'm obsessed with stats and numbers and things like that, but. I started thinking about the oldest rider to win a national, and I actually was at this race when this happened, and it was Jay Springsteen. He won his 43rd national when he was 43 years of age, and you know that 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 right there is very impressive. You know, both numbers actually, 43 wins is impressive. Also, doing it when you're 43 years old, one month and 14 days years old. But what I didn't realize was the second oldest is Steve Moorhead. He was also 43 days old, also one month old, but only 10 days old. So, you know, just four days younger when he won his 23rd national. So that's pretty cool. And then third on that list is Willie McCoy, who's from Texas, who I used to race against quite a bit, number 59. He was 42 years old, five months and 11 days old. And that was his second career national. He won the Springfield Mile two times. And that is the stat of the week. Well, last weekend, I went to Las Vegas, Nevada for the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame induction. I was glad I got to go. Usually, I'm doing arena cross or monster trucks or ice racing or something like that. But this year, I was off on that weekend. So I went out to Las Vegas, flew out there by myself, uh, stayed at the Horseshoe, and I found a a lot of other people were staying there as well. And then Saturday, I uh, caught a, I think I did an Uber Went on down to Fremont Street, you know, the old Las Vegas, and just kind of, you know, strolled around there a little bit. I wasn't sure how long it was going to take me to get there, and went through a couple of the casinos there, and then ended up at the uh, registration tent over there by where they race go-karts. Got signed in, got my uh, credential with a little gold steel shoe hanging from it, which was pretty cool to have because I'm already in the Hall of Fame. And uh, walked around. A lot of the guys were racing go-karts. It's basically a slick track, so there's absolutely no traction so there's very low speed but the go-kart track and then on the walls in the room beside the go-kart track is where all the plaques are for the hot shoe hall of fame so it was my first time there i took a a lot of pictures and walked around and checked it out and and from that moment on i i don't think i was ever alone because i was talking to so many different people and you know i know a lot of people know who i am just from announcing and i try to know as many people as i can but there were, there was about 800 people there from what I was told, but it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I went. It's the first time I got to check it out. And, uh, you know, we hung out downstairs for a little while. Then the ceremony was up on the third floor. And so when the doors opened upstairs, I went up there right away because I wanted to get a good seat. I didn't want to have to stand the entire time. And so I got a seat 
basically in front of the stage, but quite a ways back. I was like the first higher up table or the tall top table or whatever, and uh, just sat there by myself. And then some other people uh, joined in on both sides. And actually, uh, a gentleman to my right was from Florida, and and he told me he won three nationals in 1980, and and so my brain starts going, and I actually got stumped, and I was a little embarrassed because I'm so proud of knowing all the stats about our sport. But anyway, it was national number 10, Billy Labrie from Florida, who won three nationals. They were all in 1980, and they were all on a Harley-Davidson XR 750, but the three wins were awesome because he won Ascot in May. You know, coming from Florida to go all the way across country to win your first national at Ascot's pretty cool. Then his second national was at Columbus on a half mile in June. And his last national that year was also in Ascot in October. So it was pretty cool to uh, get there and, and sit down and talk to Billy. And he has, uh, we have similar friends because I know, you know, Sean McNary and, and some of the SDTRA guys over there in, in Florida, uh, you know, they all they all kind of hang out together and I, I get it. You know, I mean, when I was racing and I always hung out with people from Oklahoma, Texas and Kansas and stuff like that. So you kind of get grouped together with those kind of people. But anyways, we had a lot of mutual friends and I really enjoyed sitting with, with Billy and Bull Taco John sat with us for a while and Gonzo Garth Brow stopped by Steve Gregory stopped by uh, a lot of people just stopped by the table. Ronnie Jones stopped by and and, you know, I think we had an open chair, so it was like a rotating chair for a little while until the actual ceremony started. And then uh, the table to my left had some guys that I uh, met out in California. Uh, they sell number plates and stickers and stuff like that, and, and uh, he used to race. And then with them was a whole bunch of riders, uh, I guess, that, that do test riding for Harley-Davidson down there in Phoenix. And... And I uh, got to meet all those folks and uh, hung out and talked to them as well. So it's just a good time. I guess, you know, no matter where I go, uh, I'm not going to have any enemies. And I definitely will, will find new friends if I don't have friends already. So uh, especially when you're at a flat track event like this one. But it was really cool. Um, and then at about 7 o'clock, Keith Mashburn actually from On Any Sunday got up. And he actually opened up the ceremony, was trying to get everybody to stop talking and turn your phones off and stuff like that. And Keith talked for a little while, and then he brought up Terry Ike Clanton, and he took over the interviewing for a little while, or the the emceeing, I should say, for a little while. Brought up about three or four different people, some I knew, some I didn't know. And then he handed things over to Jerry Bernardo, who used to be on, uh, I think it was like Moto World 2 or something like that. But I, anyways, I've known Jerry for a while. I mean, we're not friends or anything like that, but I know who he was, and and it's a familiar face for sure, but Jerry took over and, and emceed for a while, and I think he interviewed about three or four people, including Ronnie Jones. And anyways, at the very end of the, all the interviews, it ended up with uh, Ike Clanton, Jerry Bernardo, and then they brought Ralph Shaheen up there because they saw Ralph walk in, and Ralph was hanging out over at the bar. So those three kind of told some announcer stories for a little while, which was kind of fun to hear. And, and people were looking at me, and I think I think I was just overlooked. You know, I know... Jerry probably didn't even realize that I was there and and you know it's not like they had a, a set script or anything you know sometimes when you're in a situation like that you kind of have to wing it and I get it I'm not I'm not saying that it was right I'm not saying it was wrong but uh, anyway Gene Woods reached out to me this week and said next year we'll definitely have me up on the stage so hopefully I can make it back out there for next uh, next year when the next class goes in but 
Um, it was such a cool event, and I guess my favorite part of the night was when Jill Singleton and Matthew Gunther got up there to accept the, the plaque and talk about uh, Keith Singleton. Everybody called him Buddy going into the to the Hall of Fame and what that meant. And the coolest part was Jill did that without crying. It, you know, brought a tear to my eye. I'm not going to lie, but it was sad. But it was very cool that, that they honored him. And what was crazy to me but was understandable is there were 37 people showed up for Keith, including Maxwell, obviously Matthew Gunther, his uh, was his stepdad. You know the the Schiefers from South Dakota came, and a lot of people from Illinois were there. But you know to to have that many people come just to put uh, to recognize Keith, I guess I should say, it was pretty cool. And I guess that was my favorite part of the night. Uh, the funniest part of the night had to have been Mickey Fay. And I think there's a few cocktails involved, but he told some stories about some rental cars and. And uh, he was on stage, and he's one of the guys that got interviewed. But uh, one of his bikes was on there. It was the number 59 Honda that when he rode for Honda, and he won the uh, TT on that bike. And he told the story about how that bike came to existence and where it went. And then him and his son put it back together. And then actually he told me before the show started that somebody in Las Vegas actually owns that motorcycle and bought it from Mickey. It stays in Las Vegas now, not at the Hall of Fame, but it was pretty cool to see that bike was up there and had the 59 plates on it. And then right behind there was the poster of Mickey jumping at the famous Houston Astrodome, which is where the season used to start. So it was pretty cool. I guess, you know, like I said, that was the funniest part of the the whole ceremony was just Mickey Faye and him being goofy and telling his stories. But there were so many people there, and I'm not going to bore you with the entire list, but just you know, some of the who's who of, of motorcycling were there. Kevin Schwantz, Ralph White, Gonzo Garth Brow, Jim Odom, you know, from On Any Sunday, Dave Bradley, uh, I mentioned Ronnie Jones already, uh, Tom Seymour from uh, Saddleman, Seats and Saddlebags, Charlie Roberts, and, you know, uh, obviously Billy LeBree sat beside me. Just so many people. Just to be in the room with, with you know, flat track royalty and road racing royalty was really cool. I was glad I went, and I hope I can be there next year. One of the awards that, uh, that was given out that the reciprocant wasn't there because of health issues right now, but Mert Lawwill actually got the 2024 Maley Lifetime Achievement Award, and they had recorded a video, and so we got to see Mert. He did the video in his house in California, but unfortunately he wasn't there, but uh, congratulations to Mert for picking up that award. And at the end of the night, when the, when they were done talking on the stage, they brought up anybody was that was there that was in the Hall of Fame could come up, and they took a, a picture, a few group photos, and and you know that was probably another highlight for me, just standing there, and you know I'm one of the taller guys, so I'm in the back and just looking to my left and looking to my right and looking in front of me of of who I was standing up there with, you know. As a young kid, you know, born in South Dakota, but grew up in Oklahoma, and and just uh, to think of how lucky I am, you know, to be in that company and to and to be there, I was honored, you know, to be on the stage, and I'm I'm definitely honored to be in the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame. Well, this is my last weekend off, and I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, my daughter Haley's got tickets for me and her and her husband uh, Tyler to go to an Oklahoma City Thunder game, so I know I'm doing that. 
But other than that, I really don't know what I'm going to do. I guess do some things around the house. I would say honeydews, but I live here by myself, so I guess I can do some Scotty Dews, <laughs> some projects that I need to get done. I know I've got to put a new shower head in and and some other stupid things like that. But uh, you know, and then you know, then pretty pretty much the season gets going. You know, uh, next weekend I'm in Erie, Pennsylvania for uh, ice racing, the World Ice Racing Championship Series, and then Bloomington, Illinois for round number four of the Ice Racing Series, and then the Battle at the Boot Hill Speedway down by Shreveport. Uh, in Louisiana for RPM. So that's the next three weekends in a row. I come back from Shreveport. I pack up and uh, get ready to go. I think dad and I are, are dragging my bike, dad's bike, and then uh, a friend of ours, actually a couple friends of ours, uh, Guy and Ryan, were dragging their bikes down there too. And I guess they're going to meet us down there. So, uh, you know, I'll get some riding in down there in Florida. And also just recently announced that just, uh, you know, kind of refresh my memory a little bit if anybody is going down to florida you know and is planning on some racing well steve nace he's going to have three races this year he had a lot of problems finding some tracks that were willing to work with them i know the sprint cars are are at volusia so that counts that place out and so steve found actually my dad helped find a racetrack called just add dirt motorsports and it's at satsuma florida and it'll be running Friday, March the 2nd, and Saturday, March the 3rd. It's an AMA and Vintage National Dirt Track race. And then also, Steve's going to run at the Daytona National Speedway on Tuesday, March the 5th. So the pros can't necessarily ride that one, but amateurs and vintage riders will be there. So there's a lot of racing if you're heading down there. Not as not as much as there used to be. I know it's it's uh, you know it's hard to find tracks and it's hard to you know, it's hard to make plans to go down there for a, a whole week or two, you know, if you if you got kids in school and stuff like that. But anyway, so I'll be doing those three races plus two races for American Flat Track. And speaking of American Flat Track, if any of my listeners are going down there and planning on getting tickets to sit in the grandstands, I've got a special offer for you. And this is a new deal. I'm in, uh, in conjunction with American Flat Track or working together with American Flat Track. And if you buy tickets and you use the code SCOTTY, S-C-O-T-T-I-E, you can get $5 off per ticket. So tell your friends about it. If they don't listen to the podcast, tell your friends about it if they're going down there. And that's for any AFT events race. So it's not. it won't include Lima or Springfield or races that are not AFT event races. And I'm, I'm going to get a list from American Flat Track just so we... Make sure we're sending people to the right place, but AmericanFlatTrack.com, and if you buy tickets, use the code SCOTTY, S-C-O-T-T-I-E, and get $5 off per ticket. So I think that's pretty cool. I want to say thanks to Eson and the folks down there at uh, AFT Events and American Flat Track because, you know, we're all in this together. We're all in it to grow our sport, and so they're kind of helping out the podcast a little bit. And we want people to come to the races. And as far as that goes, if you're going down to Florida or if you live in Florida, I challenge you to bring somebody that hasn't been to a flat track race to a race this season, at least one. That's my challenge to all my listeners. If, if you're going to a race, try to bring somebody new. Let's, let's make this sport grow because, you know, to me, to most of my listeners, this is the the purest form of motorcycle racing. It's the best competition out there. I'm of course biased because I grew up in the sport, but the racing is better than motocross, supercross, road racing, hill climbing, 
Uh, Speedway's probably the next closest thing because they're inches apart just like we are. But, you know, I, I think if you think about racing, you know, and when the first motorcycle was built, the first race was when that second motorcycle was built. And that's just how it goes. You know, you always want to beat your buddy. You always want to beat somebody else that's got another motorcycle. So anyways, I just would like to challenge anybody to bring somebody new to the race at least once this year. And if you're buying tickets, use the code Scotty. And I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much all I got this week. Again, thanks to the folks down there at AFT Events and American Flat Track. Also, thanks to all my listeners. You know, I appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks to everybody that's been sharing the podcast. It's growing. Uh, the numbers are really good. Um, I really appreciate all the listeners. I appreciate my patrons who support the podcast. A big shout out to Jim and Pat. They've supported me from back when I was racing. And and now they're supporting me with this podcast. Uh, Tim at Pro Plates. I appreciate everything he does for me. He, he built some or made me some number plates. I'm going to figure out a way to start selling some of those here pretty soon. He's also got me some little number plate stickers. And Access Media, who created the the Scotty Dubler sticker with the microphone that's got a big mouth like I do. So thanks to all those folks for uh, helping out and making this podcast grow and making, making it it making it into what it is today. So thank you all, and uh, that's all I got for this week. We'll talk to you soon right here on Off the Groove.